0: the
1: social the social the we're back with another episode
0: we're happy to be here it's a beautiful day out
1: i am very excited for this one because we literally from now until the end of the episode we'll be talking about food yeah i mean that's one of our favorite
0: things i think it's, it's actually my favorite yeah thing. i don't
1: think it's one of them i think it's my favorite thing yeah Eating it, cooking it, looking at pictures of it, doing social media for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I think this episode is going to be really fun also because we're talking to someone that we're a big fan of.
1: Yeah. So today we're talking with Sierra Tischgart, who is co-CEO and co-founder of Great Jones. And... They're a
0: cookware brand for those unfamiliar. Um, They make these really beautiful pots and pans for the millennial home cook.
1: (laughs) And we actually, you know, heard about the brand, heard about Sierra. Jen and I went to a Young Guns Eater event last year um, in Brooklyn, and Sierra was on a panel and we, one, loved her dress.
0: She looked... (laughs) She looked so cute.
1: (laughs) Two, she started the company with her best friend, which we immediately related to (laughs) because we have so many
0: business Business ideas. ideas to
1: start together. And then three, you know, like I said, we love food, so it was just really fun to hear from her there and then have the opportunity to talk to her for the podcast
0: i mean they do amazing stuff on social Amazing social. come to find out sierra runs most of it herself i can't it's crazy. i mean we're gonna get into all of that in the interview itself but it's just it was such a dream interview for us because we're such big fans and so excited to talk to her but before we do that michelle has some things she wants to share <laughs> okay
1: so today's quote is about grocery delivery. Hmm. Um, as we know, everyone is ordering a lot of food right now, and we have clients who—they're they, not even promoting their their grocery delivery services right now because it's literally all the time, so time hard to keep full. up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but grocery delivery services saw social media engagement soar more than twenty eight thousand percent between March first and May first. I kind of look like that meme right now that
0: it's the woman calculating all of those numbers and equations <laughs> right that's wild
1: yeah so talk which is an international social media analytics firm mm-hmm. studied five grocery delivery services so Instacart, shipped you know fresh direct peapod walmart and compared those engagement numbers and it is insane. it's through the roof through the roof um and going off of that we're all ordering our groceries or getting our groceries somehow because we are all Cooking so much <laughs> at home.
0: Are you going to prompt me to talk about sourdough starter again?
1: <laughs> you no, know, you haven't actually done that yet. My father has. I know, Hi Dad. Okay, so here's the thing. I told you thing. you'd get a mention.
0: <laughs> here's the thing it's sourdough starter, it's white claw slushies, banana bread, banana bread, that coffee oh, trend, the bagels. Oh, they knew everything. The Greek
1: yogurt bagels. Oh, my goodness. Well, so yeah, so it's, it's funny because I read this article mm-hmm. in The Atlantic. Okay. And It was all about food innovations that came from crises in the past. Sure. So whether it's like famine or war, there was something about Kraft mac and cheese sales going through the roof after the Great Depression because people were incorporating cheaper products into their diet. Right. But now it's not necessarily lack of product that's driving these like food innovations because now, you know, our shelves are stocked with everything we need now. There's not a food shortage in this country.
0: Well flour.
1: Except for flour. But the coronavirus inspired recipes are more about stress relief than survival. So I have a quote. I'm ready for it. For the first time, for those who are at home and have the time and have money, they're experimenting. I'm curious to know, will they want to continue that when social restrictions are lifted? And this is from Ashley Rose Young, who is the historian of the American Food History Project at the Smithsonian National Museum. What a cool job. Of American history. Very cool job. But it's it's true. It's like like you said that that coffee with the the froth. Yeah, how did we decide it's pronounced dalgona? Yes,
0: you're right. You're right.
1: <laughs> you know, there's all these trends and with social media people are sharing so much content of what they're cooking.
0: I mean, everyone was already sharing their spicy rigatoni or their you know, artisanal pizza photo. But now it's these experimentations, whether it's bread or this coffee drink or God knows what else is coming down the pipeline. At I'll this I'll tell point. you what's coming. Oh,
1: you know? I know. Tell me. Pancake cereal is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Do we really think that's a trend? Okay, so people are posting it all over TikTok and one <laughs> video demonstrating how to make the pancake cereal. Um exceeds a million views. Okay, rather than making multiple large pancakes, the process consists of cooking multiple tiny pancake droplets. Right. The recipe itself has the same ingredients as a regular pancake. Pancake is it poured into a squeeze bottle. Tell me how
0: it's served. <laughs> That's what I want to know. There.
1: It's served in a bowl, like a cereal bowl. This one that I'm looking at has mini pancakes with bananas and chocolate drizzled all over it
0: so no okay so I guess the answer is no one is putting <laughs> milk in it
1: why is it called pancake cereal why isn't it I just think <laughs> like silver dollar pancakes are a thing is this like a penny pancake why can't we call them penny pancakes is this the meme is this what you're suggesting yeah, is no, the this meme this is the meme this week is the pancake cereal let's try to make it I'm gonna actually put it in a bowl and pour milk over it because I think if you're gonna call it pancake cereal you can't have cereal without milk And then we're going to post that as our meme. I wonder if Sierra has made pancake cereal yet. (laughs) I actually saw she was making pancakes on her Instagram story like last weekend. Really? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> okay, we didn't talk about pancake cereal in the <laughs> in the interview, but we did talk a lot about um, other recipes and celebrity chefs and these kind of up-and-coming food personalities that Great Jones is working with, and Sierra is going to tell us how those partnerships came to be and all the cool stuff they're doing at the Great cool Jones, really. Yep.
0: Really impressive. So here's the interview. Hello.
1: Hi. Hi, is this Sierra?
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> How are you doing?
2: I'm, do- I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
0: We're good. We're so happy to have you on the show, and I think we're going to jump right into the social media
1: speed round. Sound good? Fantastic. Okay. So first up is favorite social network? Instagram.
0: What is your go-to emoji?
2: Ooh, the little yellow face with the flat line is the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter or TikTok? TikTok as of recently, though I do not – I just watch. I observe. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't create the TikTok. That's the first
1: step. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds obvious. You'll be making videos in no time. <laughs> what about stories or feed? Stories. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of in your own feed? I, I get a ton
2: of dog ads, but I don't mind them. I want to put that out there. My phone is listening to me. I enjoy the dog ads, so keep sending them. More dog ads. <laughs> what about your favorite meme? The girl tr- trying kombucha. That one, I think that oh one viral God. for good reason. That spoke to me. <laughs> I, I yes. can still watch that and laugh.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 2005 and you're on MySpace. Who's number one on your top eight?
2: Likely my my friend Alex, who was one of my oldest friends and still and still one of my best friends. And probably, I can't remember how MySpace worked, 2005. I mean, I was the epitome of a teeny bopper. So <laughs>
1: 2005
2: was still the age of like Justin Timberlake and NSYNC, but
1: strong interest in all of those things. Great. So, okay, so that's a speed round. Um, But to kick us off with the interview, would love for you to just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Great Jones.
2: Sure. Prior to Great Jones, I worked as a journalist. I started my career at Teen Vogue, and then I spent five years at New York Magazine working as a food and restaurant writer and editor, which was as fun of a job as it sounds. I had – I felt like I had the keys to New York City. I just – I went around – eating at restaurants, interviewing chefs, immersed in the food world. But five years in, uh, I started feeling like I was getting a little bit older. I wanted to take my own home cooking more seriously. I really wanted to get more confident in my kitchen. And the first step for me was that I knew I needed new pots and pans. I had hand-me-downs and they were Teflon and chipping and ugly and Mm -hmm. And I asked friends who were chefs, friends who had written cookbooks, you know, my, my network in the food world, hey, what should, I, what should I get? And I realized very quickly, even though I had this advantage to have all these experts around, it was really confusing to figure out what I need and why and extremely expensive to get nice high quality things. And the more I looked, the more frustrated I became and felt like, There wasn't anything that was speaking to me that was clear about the education as to what I need in my kitchen that had a compelling design that spoke to my style. And I just felt like there was such an opportunity for this to be modernized in every way. And my childhood friend, Maddie Mollis had built her career in the startup world. And I came to her and said, this is bothering me. And she was, she'd had the same experience trying to find cookware herself. And we both became really energized and decided to start pursuing this.
1: That's amazing. I I feel like a lot of these startups come from the seed of like there wasn't something that filled my needs. Like I even mm-hmm. think about hearing the story about how Away suitcases start. It's right. like when you're traveling and you, you have this need for that thing you don't have. So why not create it on your own? So I love love hearing that.
2: I think this is also where a lot of female entrepreneurs have thrived, like yeah. yeah, you know, taking taking those taking your personal problems seriously and analyzing them and then validating if you're the only one who's experienced something like that. More broadly, I was seeing food and cooking explode as a cultural force and mm-hmm. You know, it was the, looking at the rise of, of Bon Appetit and and, Alice and Roman and these people who were starting to pay attention to what you were cooking at home, even more than what you were eating at restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the process of buying cookware was so detached from the joy of that. And there was, there was a real opportunity to not just modernize on the designs themselves, but create a community and support system around right, them. right.
0: You have to tell us a little bit more about what it's like running a business with your best friend or even starting a business with such a dear friend because Michelle and I talk about this all the time. We have tons of ideas. We have so <laughs> many ideas, but we just don't know where to start and everyone is like, "Don't go into business with your friends." So I need your advice. Starting a company and running
2: a company is one of the hardest things, and you want people around you who you trust and who have complementary skill sets. And I feel that, that if you set that up and you communicate about that and you really recognize that this is a relationship that takes a lot of work and will take different shapes over time, you know, how it looks like when you're building something looks different when you're running it and mm-hmm. and really, you know, ensuring that you have that communication throughout. And, yeah. and while this is somebody who you're very close with personally, this is – you know, this is this is one of the most intense relationships you'll have with a partner, and mm-hmm. and really being being aware of that going in, I think, will help.
1: Are you are you ready, Jen? I think so. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I think the podcast is a good start. <laughs> so, I want to go back to what you were saying about when you were starting Great Jones and you were thinking about the design of the product, but also just the brand as a whole and being a brand to create a community around and connect with. So. Launching a direct to consumer brand especially on social is challenging because you have to kind of find your customers, right? They can't just stumble upon you in a store. So, what considerations did you make when developing that brand and that persona for Great Jones?
2: I wanted Great Jones to feel really warm. That's the word, and joyful. Mm-hmm. I kept coming back to those words. I thought about the you know, the friend that I text when I want cooking advice. My my friend Jessica Koslow owns a restaurant called Squirrel in LA. I remember when my now husband's family was coming over and decided I wanted to cook from them. And I was so nervous. And I said, Jessica, I just want to roast a roasted chicken. Like there's a million roast chicken recipes. What do I need? How do I do this? This was many years ago. And that sense of warmth and comfort um, was really important to me from a tone perspective that we recognize that cooking, I think like a lot of activities that millennials take on, things get professionalized very quickly. And especially going off the rise of the celebrity chef moment, I felt like people, mm-hmm. myself included, only thought you were cooking if you were roasting a whole lamb shoulder or making a bosom or it was this big, beautiful project. And my cooking often looks like me making an omelet in my pajamas. And I wanted <laughs> – it, it really does. I mean, like and I, I really wanted wanted great Jones as a company to 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 validate that is that's cooking. That's that's better than me ordering pizza. and And this cooking doesn't have to be this competitive sport. Um, making the barrier to entry feel, feel much more welcoming and easier, and then allowing you to build upon your skills from
1: there. I feel like Great Jones has such a large and uh, committed social audience and social following. And clients ask us all the time, they always say, I want more followers. How do we get more followers? And our answer is always that you have to create that good content that they can connect with. And so I know that asking this question, that is probably the seed of your answer is create content that people connect with. But what advice do you have for these brands who are going out there and trying to build that social following? One, it's
2: definitely slow and steady. And our, our community fuels our content. If you look at our feed, that—that mm-hmm. right. that is the bulk of what we – get to share and post which is wonderful. Something that I think has really worked in our favor is the variety of content. I know you know in a lot of parts of the business like you know there's a lot of like brand focus and I see all these brands. You know it's it's nice to have it's not. Nice, it's important to have tight branding and of course people know know a brand when you see it but actually our social is the time to be playful and to try things out. We're not precious with it and as as like a kind of recovering perfectionist that initially that was <laughs> uncomfortable to me.
0: Right. I can imagine. Brands these
2: days launch like fully incubated. I mean, ours included. Like mm-hmm. there's not right. – everything comes out very polished. And I think it's, remember, it's important to remember for social that that is not always the key to success. And sometimes I see these other brands so tight in their branding. And I think, you know, it's – it's worked in our favor to be a little bit looser.
0: One of the things that we've noticed is these content series that, that you've really amplified across the platform. So, I mean, we're thinking about hashtag kitchen study or the great ones, and then there's the screenshots of reviews or the magnets on the fridge. How do you, how do you really continue to innovate and come up with new ideas there? And we also kind of want to know how you're scaling production of that. I feel like it's hard to come up with these ideas um, and then act on them sometimes,
2: yeah. thank Thank you for recognizing that. I manage our social myself, which is a really fun and interesting way to connect with consumers directly. But mm-hmm. it's really a group effort in terms of our ideas. For example, the cooking classes we have on Instagram stories every day. Courtney on our team takes the lead on booking those. and you know, she's really producing those stories. The brainstorming of the ideas comes from everyone, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting and sometimes surprising to see what works, and that that just fuels the flexibility. To give a specific example, I recently posted this very odd recipe from Cher that was in a 1970s cookbook.
1: Yeah, and it, we saw, we saw, we gone, loved it. It's
2: kind of gone viral for us. It's like one of our top <laughs> posts. I post, you know, I posted a a painting of butter, like a like a Renaissance painting. That did very well for us. It's and and you know that's those things are surprising. You know we 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 have a sense of the general like food, porny, beautiful Duchess shot that we know does well. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really being playful, and sometimes the ideas just come from something odd in my own head or someone from the team, and and we try it out.
1: That's so fun.
0: I love that you run it yourself. I I would not have (laughs) guessed that. But I even I am like so
1: much more impressed now.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's nice. (laughs)
1: Um, So you were talking about the daily cooking show takeovers that you're doing right now on Instagram. And personally, my favorite accounts to follow are food accounts. And I've noticed a ton of crossover with just people I follow, um, whether that be like food writers like Molly Baz or Chefs uh, Greg from Olmstead. Olmstead is one of our favorite restaurants around the corner from us. And I see them tagging the Great Jones products in their posts. And then you reciprocating by Um, sharing that content as well. And I I want to hear more about these relationships that you've formed with the food community and how that's helped you establish the brand and the credibility.
2: Some of these relationships, you know, come from my prior work as a journalist. These chefs are people who when we first launched, they said, I want your feedback. You know, please use these products. So that so that's been really nice to get there, to get active feedback from the culinary community from the start. Molly is a new relationship. She actually wrote to me and said, I'm excited about what you're doing. Let's oh, that's talk amazing. and that. And that was so flattering and wonderful. And, you know, for us, I think, I think what – from day one, I knew that we didn't want to just show pots and pans or pans mm-hmm. and pans even. We really wanted to zoom out and talk about why people cook, not just how. And, you know, I think in these days a lot of brands obviously do influencer partnerships and there's gifting and that's, you know, that's part of what we do. But our storytelling, which like mm-hmm. both Greg and Molly were a part of, is such a more powerful version of that to me because we're not just you're not just showing in you know a, in a a product that's on someone's feed. you're understanding how they use it, why they use it, what this means to their life. And you know, as someone who spent my, my my prior career in storytelling that's that's always the the most powerful message we can give to our community as to why they should trust Great Jones as a brand and 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 want to bring us into their homes.
0: That makes so much sense to me, especially when we look at the all these buy now messages. Everything that's direct response, it's kind of like being pushed down consumers' throats. And one of the things that we know as marketers is that does drive business at the end of the day. But based on our observations, we can really tell Great Jones has found the balance between the brand and buying. So what specific types of Tips. How do you find that balance? How do you find that balance? Yeah, yeah I guess that's really the question. Yeah. What is the balance between brand and buy?
2: I mean, one, this is where there's organic social and then there's paid performance social and, mm-hmm. and, and ads. And, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they serve different purposes and recognizing that the main goal of everything we post for organic social is to speak to our values as a brand and our community. And, you know, there, there, are, certain, there are certain extensions of that, that that, of course, tie into conversion. I would say like giveaways have that in mind as it's mm-hmm. a way to like yeah. get new audiences and, and, and get new people in the fold. Other marketing activities are much more conversion focused than organic social for us. We want everything to speak to the brand, but emails are, are much more focused on what is the conversion, what is the revenue. And and I think it's really important, like anything, to set up goals and and. Channels have different goals. They should all speak to each other. Like it would be very jarring if you saw a Great Jones paid ad that looked like so different from our style or like had a message that was so not in touch. So I think being conscious of the different goals for these channels, but knowing that they all have to speak to each other in some way and, and be consistent.
1: I think that's great. And I notice even on your organic posts that they're all shoppable. And I think that there are very subtle ways to do that brand and that buy at the same time, just like that. Like I know one post that comes to mind, there was a post about engraving and the name engraved on the pot was Monica Geller. And I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. And so I could still relate to that post and relate to that product and, you know, consume that content with a smile and acknowledge that I'm learning about this engraving service and that I can now buy that pot immediately on Instagram.
2: <laughs> That's good. I'm, very, I'm I'm so. It's so nice. I remember, like, I'm always like, do people notice these things? It's, it's we nice notice. <laughs> things.
0: <laughs> That's great. That means a lot. What else should e-commerce focused brands just keep in mind in general? Like, do you have any top level thoughts for brands similar to yours, even outside of the food space? Just that would be smart tactics.
2: One thing that I think has really benefited us is being thoughtful about partnerships. We immediately got a lot of requests for giveaways from other from mm-hmm. brands that I loved and admired and my reaction and and you know the team's reaction was really okay we want to work with these companies but how can we find a more creative way to do that you know we do the occasional giveaway and and I know that that's exciting for people but how can we team up in other ways like how can that not just be the default to rest on and one example of this is we have a kitchen in our office and we bring in different talents. Um, it's a great way for us to connect with other food brands or chefs and they can do a demo in our office and they get to share with our audience. We get to share. We get all of those benefits that a giveaway would would provide with something that's, I think, much more meaningful and hopefully like educational and entertaining to people.
1: I think that is related to what you were saying up top about knowing the brand and not wavering. There might be, you know, an opportunity, but if it's not the complete right fit for the brand, you don't have to take it. I see all the time, like you're saying, these brands that are partnering together, and you know, maybe they have the same audience, so it makes sense for them to partner for those reasons. But the brands not might not be the perfect fit. So I, I love to hear that that's being considered and I think that's a great tip for other marketers and brands yeah. out there. I
2: think there's got to be a story. I, this is actually where I've gotten. I think at first I was really tight on like what was on brand, what was off <laughs> and was like very very and I still am obviously protective of that but of now to take a step and and a moment and think okay this company wants to work with us you know the it's totally fine and important as Founders is anyone to be able to say no, but is there a narrative around this? Can we be creative and crafting this in a way that can that can feel very natural? And and usually, if I give myself or or we we push the team, you know, a beat to think about that, we can come up with
1: it. We know that the pot line is something that started before this global health epidemic that we're in or pandemic. Um, But tell us a little bit about this Potline and how you're supporting your customers during this tricky time.
2: We launched Potline back in June of 2019. It is the brainchild of Gabby Skelzo, who runs our customer experience. And we've always encouraged people to write into our inbox, not just with like, where's my package? But what should I make for dinner tonight? And it has been, it's been really a powerful tool for us to say we want to break down barriers to cooking. And one of them is, yes, finding the right products. Mm -hmm. But another is you walking home or now looking in your pantry and feeling uninspired and wanting someone to, you know, as I spoke about before, wanting somebody to cut through the hundreds of roast chicken recipes in the Internet and just tell you what they recommend (laughs) in, like, real language that you can understand. And we've leveraged that right now in the time of quarantine to extend our hours so we can be there all day for people. This is not an automated mm-hmm. service. It's really our team fielding these questions. And and the, it's open to all and it's free. You don't have to be a Great Jones customer. And it's, it's great to see the support that that can provide for people, especially during a hard time.
1: That's amazing. So I have one – Final question to close this out. You mentioned <laughs> at the top um, Alice and Roman, and I need to know if you've made the shallow oh, pasta. Oh,
2: I, I, I've made many of her recipes, and I think she is ex- extraordinarily talented and worthy of all the praise <laughs> she gets.
1: Um, but I've not made that recipe. We we made it our first week in quarantine. Right. It
2: was so good. It's, it's definitely yeah. on my list. Yeah.
1: Awesome.
0: Well, Sierra, thank you so much for a great interview. It was such a pleasure oh, thank, talking thank to you. Thank you for
2: all the thoughtful questions and. All of the attention that you've given to Great Jones—it means so much. We're, we're really still feels like a baby brand in many ways, and it's it's really nice to see people notice the smaller details that we spend a lot of time on.
0: Oh, okay. I'm obsessed with her. <laughs>
1: yeah. Did you know I was going to say that? No, but I believe it. it. I'm also obsessed with Great Jones, but. Well, I was going to say like even just hearing Sierra talk about Great Jones and the brand, it made me want to cook. Like, I already like cooking, but I'm excited to make dinner tonight. Just thinking about that, like, spirit of rallying around cooking. Anything is cooking. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say you you wanted to start a business because you liked her passion for it. That too. (laughs) One thing at a time. First, let me make my risotto tonight. Enjoy that achievement, and then I'll move on to starting a business. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay, the social media account we want you to follow this week is Resi. mm You know, the app you use to make reservations.
0: It's so funny that we're calling attention to this right now when you can't make reservations.
1: Right. Well, and that's why I'm so impressed is because they very well could kind of go dark right now. Right. Or they could post you know, can't wait till we can all eat together again. But they're really creating content that is like supporting these small local restaurants, but also just playing into the conversations we're all talking about. So what I mean by that is one post that I have up right now is Rezzy's suggested wine pairings for quarantine Ooh. cooking. They have some of the things that we've talked about in this episode. For your homemade sourdough, a buttery chardonnay, bread and butter, Boom. For Alice and Roman stew we <laughs> talked about Alice and Roman in this episode too a sweet Riesling
0: it's just they're very clearly paying attention to the conversations happening this time yeah and capitalizing on it in a way where it feels right purposeful right.
1: it's the listening and it's that sense of like nostalgia that they're giving people for eating out again. eating out like yeah. there, there's one more post that I'll call out is um, this carousel here that's what we miss the most And it's some of our favorite things about dining. The Resi team is hoping to get back to soon. it's very specific, like the salsa verde burrata at Estella. um, Breaking the outer layer of the crispy jeweled rice. Wow. Having your server set down the humongous tie-dye pizza at Ruby Rosa and thinking to yourself, how will we ever get through this? And then you do. (laughs) Wow. I can't wait.
0: Well, now I'm actually starving. (laughs)
1: Well, should we go eat dinner then? I think so. All right. Let's clink our wine glasses and say cheers to another great episode. Okay. <laughs> cheers, everyone. All the, All the social ladies. 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 Now put your phones up.